Okay, welcome to the second episode of TNT Sports Talk, brought to you by our first company sponsor, D's Home Cuts. We would like to thank Dom for giving us his business, and we hope this is the start of a very long and successful partnership. So today is March 13th, Tuesday, and Truman, we really had a crazy past couple of days in sports, haven't we? Yeah, so we're not going to waste any more time. Let's get into some of the biggest headlines, starting off with the crazy Friday that the Browns had. So, me and Truman were sitting there at BW3s, and we just kept refreshing Twitter over and over and over again, just looking at some of these things that the Browns did. I mean, if you look at it, in 24 hours, the Browns got Tyrod Taylor, Jarvis Landry, Demarius Randall, and they got they were able to keep the first and fourth pick, only really giving up Sheldon, uh, Danny Sheldon and Deshaun Kaiser. And I think it's really cool to see, you know, John Dorsey, he put his foot down, Stop the time, stop the years of grabbing capital and assets, and he finally made some moves that moved this franchise into the right direction. Yeah, I mean, it starts with Jarvis Landry. I think, I think that added an immediate impact player that everyone knows is a star. He thrived in Miami with terrible quarterback play, or decent quarterback play, I should say, and I think pairing him next to Josh Gordon makes their offense kind of deadly, and that's weird to say. Um, but the fact that they kept their first and fourth overall picks makes it even scarier because now they can add even younger talent to um, to the talent they added. And the thing is, you know, years now the Browns have been trying to go out there and get big money, big money free agents. You know, they've always had money, but you know, players just didn't want to come to Cleveland. So John Dorsey, he put his foot down and he made some trades, and he didn't let the players decide for themselves. They have to come here. And Tyrod Taylor is a very good, underrated quarterback. He's going to be a bridge quarterback. He's not the quarterback of the future. He's only got one year left on his deal. They're going to draft somebody still. But, you know, Jarvis Landry's a great um, wide receiver. He's caught over 400 balls in Miami. He's really a great pair with uh, Josh Gordon. Yeah, I think in you look, they're going to do something in free agency. They're not just going to sit here. Uh, they have plenty of money still to spend. Um, I saw somewhere where they could be looking at Carlos Hyde. Which can make this offense bring him back home, Ohio State. Make this offense even deadlier. But I mean, if they still wanted to take Saquon Barkley at one, you'd at you'd have Saquon Barkley, Jarvis Landry, Josh Gordon, Corey Coleman can still develop into something talented. Njoku, Duke Johnson, who played very well last season, and Tyrod Taylor, who played very well in a Buffalo offense that wasn't really all that talented either, outside of Lashawn McCoy. And we can't sleep on Demarius Randall. Obviously, he was a Packer. He had a pretty bad first half. He got kicked out of the stadium for bad attitude. But he's he got a great second half. He had a great game versus one of the top receivers now, his teammate, Josh Gordon. And, you know, me and Truman, we loved him. We're obviously Packer mm-hmm. fans. I loved him. I don't, Truman always had an up-and-down relationship with him. But he's, he's a good good solid talent and if they move him back to his original position at free safety he could be even better yeah I don't think he's I sound a little hypocritical because I loved him and talked him up when he shut down Josh Gordon but I mean he's not that great of a corner um, but I know they are planning to move him back to safety where he thrived in college at and I think that's going to be a very good position for him because he's not all that strong he can't lock up, you know, someone like Josh Gordon or Julio Jones, but, you know, he's got speed, and he's got good covering ability, and I think that'll be the place where he'll succeed is that safety, not corner. Yeah, his career at corner was up and down. He had a great game versus Josh Gordon, but I mean, most of the season, 
he really wasn't doing much. He's kind of he had troubles, you know, with the coaching staff. You know, he always it seems like he's always blaming guys for mistakes and always like crediting always himself. puts his arm up. Yeah, always crediting himself when uh, he does good, but never his teammates. But he's a good player. He's a good person, and we wish him the best of luck in Cleveland. Now, we obviously mentioned that the Packers got Deshaun Kaiser in the trade. Um, and what do you think about that, Jerome? Um, this is another one. I I think it's r- weird. Um, as first I saw it, I was very mad. I was angry. I was pissed. You know why are we trading the top corner in our room, which is already we don't have any corners. But why are why are we trading? You know, a young talent for a quarterback who just threw twenty two interceptions or whatever in one season. But I hope to not see Deshaun Kaiser start in a game for in Green Bay for a while. If he does. And I think sitting behind Aaron Rodgers is going to be the best thing this this for him. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the game. I'm going to say that undisputedly. He's better than Tom Brady. He's better than anyone. And if you sit behind that, you have a chance to be good, especially when you have a big arm. He's very athletic. He just was thrown in the fire to a not a talented he team. He wasn't ready. He wasn't ready. He didn't have much help. And now he's going where he's got a good good coaching staff, solid, uh, the Again, learning under the best, you know, and he's going to have weapons to throw to if he were to get in a situation. But it's just, it's only good for him. Yeah. The Packers also, they loved him last year in the draft. There were talks about them even picking him with his first pick. Obviously, they went with Kevin King. But, I mean, Packers love him. Um, he's a good, he's 21 years old. I mean, Rodgers. time to develop. Yeah, Rodgers is probably one of the best mentors. And he's got a bigger arm than Brett Hundley. He's got obviously he's got starting experience, which is great. Even though it wasn't great starting experience, you know he never he hasn't won a game yet. But I mean he's got the experience and he just has the mentor in front of him. I think this is a great place for him. And I think he might turn his career around. He's not going to be Brett Hundley. Brett Hundley was the worst quarterback I've ever seen play. He didn't have an arm. wasn't very athletic. wasn't very accurate. I think if you're saying he's going to be another Hundley, that's just not true. He's got intangibles to be a talented quarterback. He's just got to learn. So let's move on to uh, Keeb Talib, another big deal over the season, uh, over the past week. Uh, he got uh, traded to the Los Angeles Rams, and we, we predicted he would go to the 49ers on last week's show, but he turns out he actually was traded to the 49ers, but they reject he rejected it. But uh, he's now joining a great young defense in LaMarcus Joyner and uh, Marcus Peters, but Sean McVay's got a big challenge on his hand dealing with all those big personalities. Yeah, it's a good ad. Um, I think you look at the NFC West, and you look at now they've got the Los Angeles Rams with a great young secondary. Richard Sherman's off in San Francisco, um, and Arizona's got Patrick Peterson. It makes that division even tougher. Um, I think the Rams are the class that division right now after they won it last season, and now they add an even tougher defense. Um but McVay's got a big challenge on his hands. So. Yeah, I mean, they're big personalities, but, I mean... Especially, seems... they're playing the Raiders this year, and he's got a history with Michael Crabtree, so he's got to watch that. Uh, yeah, I don't know if that's going to impact much, but uh, I think that's... I, I think it's a cool... I think it's a cool addition for them, and it just makes their secondary tough, and their offense was so deadly last year that I think they're just building that defense up under Wade Phillips, and I think that's going to be a great addition and one of the best of the offseason so far. So another move, another corner, obviously Sherman mentioned it, is Richard Sherman. He got uh he signed with the 49ers, the rivals. Uh we predicted that on last week's show. Um 
people are saying, you know, why would you go sign with your rivals if you and when you had Seattle? You know, obviously he had that pretty known press conference after the game, the, the NFC Championship game a couple years ago, and he just said, you know, a quote from Monday Morning Quarterback. He said he's just vengeful in that way. But I'd say, you know, let him go where he wants to go. It's his choice. Um, he can go wherever he wants. And I think that's a great spot for him. Yeah, I think he's going to be very good in San Francisco. And I think he's going to be so motivated when he plays the Seahawks. He just seems like the type of guy who's just going to get more and more motivated. Um, and he's still a good corner. Everyone... He's still a very good corner, even off the Achilles injury. I think he can lock down really any receiver in the league. And he's a very good addition for the 49ers. Okay, some other free agency news that... Uh, I mean, obviously, we're recording this at 3 o'clock right now, so it's going to be coming out as we speak, probably, and for the rest of the time. But, you know, uh looks like Namkin Sue is going to be released. Um, Packers are showing some pretty strong interest in Jimmy Graham, along with the Saints. Case Keenum signed with the Broncos. Sammy Watkins with the Chiefs. Robinson, Allen Robinson with the Bears. And Andrew Norwell with the Jaguars. Um, some other ones that I saw. Um, obviously, I think we'll get into Kirk Cousins here in a little bit. He signed with the Vikings, but which we predicted. Sam Bradford uh, just committed to the Cardinals. Um, I think Trey Burton he committed with the Bears. Um, just some more, just some more additions around the league. Um, I think Kirk Cousins is the biggest one today. Um, with that money that the Vikings are throwing at him um all guaranteed um i don't know the exact but it's the highest he's the highest paid nfl player ever um and i think that's just i obviously i don't like minnesota and i don't want to believe this move is good but they've got a good quarterback kirk cousins is i believe he's a top 10 quarterback but i don't think he's worth all of that guaranteed money um it's a three-year deal um you know he's four and nineteen against teams that are um, have nine plus wins. Um, he hasn't won a playoff game. Um, I think he, obviously he's going to go to Minnesota where he's got weapons, he's got a defense, he's got all the tools to succeed. But they just they just risked a lot for him, um, and we'll see how it goes. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know if I would have done that. It's crazy to me. Another move is uh, Jaguars letting go Robinson instead going with signing Andrew Norwell, who's a guard, and making him the highest paid guard in NFL history, highest paid offensive lineman in NFL history. It's interesting that they would rather. I think they're trying to stir up that running game a little bit. Their offensive line wasn't terrible last year, but I think it's you know Bortles is he's been shown he's a good quarterback, and getting rid of one of his top weapons really isn't smart, in my opinion. They didn't have him last year though. Yeah, but he you you see what he has when he is healthy, and he is one of the best receivers in the NFL. He's I don't know. I think I think adding hands. Norwell, who is known to be the one of the best guards in the league, if not the best guard in the league, is just going to shore up that run game, which is already good under a decent offensive line and Leonard Fournette, who should promise is a very good back. I think that was a very good addition. Yeah, but I think that they're going to have to go out and get wide receiver in the draft or in free agency, even though there's not much left. Yeah, but I think they've top they've, they've going. They've really put what they want, how they want to win football games. They've got the best one, the I think it's the best defense in the league. They've got a great run game. That's how they want to win football games. Obviously, yeah, you want you want better quarterback, more consistent quarterback play from Blake Bortles, and that'll help with better wide receivers and tight ends. But I think adding that just cemented that the Jaguars are going to play running the ball, and they're going to play by winning with their defense. Yeah, and Alan Hearns isn't 
terrible. He's, he's a good wide receiver, you know. Uh, D.D. Westbrook showed flashes last year. And uh, the Cole, the undrafted free agent they had last year. But I think, you know, getting rid of Robinson wasn't probably the smartest move. They could have franchise tagged him. But obviously, you know, they went. They wanted to go with the offensive line in the run game. And I think that's smart because, obviously, like you said, Fournette is a talent. All right, and then let's move on to some basketball talk now. Before that, we just wanted to give you a reminder that our show is brought to you by D's Home Cuts. D's is the best place around Northeast Ohio for a great haircut at a low price. For only $7, D's Home Cuts will provide you with a modern haircut with styling. Truman and I have been going there for the last couple months, and let me tell you, we have never looked or felt better. Every time you go into the shop, you can tell you're going to get a professional cut. The cuts also get get better each time you go because D's is always upgrading their equipment so they can give you the best haircut possible. You can find D's Home Cuts on Twitter at D's Home Cuts. DM him for an appointment time, and trust me, you will not be disappointed. D's Home Cuts, professional haircuts at a low price. So let's talk about a little basketball talk right now. Uh, we'll start with some NBA. You know, the Cavs, they dropped their last two against the Clippers and the Lakers, who are not strong teams. And, uh, you know, what's going on with the Cavs, Sherman? I think it's hilarious how the Cavs are falling back. Um, they made these trades. They made these trades at the deadline that everyone thought was going to turn their season around because they struggled in the beginning. Um, and before the All-Star break, they played really well with these new guys. Um, they were winning games. You know, they they just looked on pace. They looked, they looked good. LeBron looked happy. Young, athletic. And now they faltered. And obviously, I do not like the Cavs. Um, so, and I know most of the people listening do love the Cavs, but I think it's hilarious. Um, I don't think, I think the trades were better. I think they, I think they're a better team now after the deadline, but I don't know if it's enough to get them over the top. I think with LeBron, they can definitely win the East. I don't, I mean, the Raptors look tough. Celtics look tough. Um, yeah, but the Raptors always look tough in the regular season. Yeah, and I, I still think the Cavs will probably get out of the East just because they have LeBron and he owns the East. But um, I don't see how they could compete with the Rockets or the Warriors right now. I don't even see how they could, I don't even see how they can make it a five or six game series with the Rockets or Warriors. So if you're talking playoffs and going to the finals, yeah, they're the Cavs. They're probably, gonna, they're definitely going to be in the playoffs. They probably will be in the finals, and um, but you can't. I don't think they have a chance against the Warriors, Rockets, or really anybody out of the West. Yeah, so they dropped the last two, so they're now six and six since the trades. But I think the biggest thing is injuries right now. You know, Rodney Hood's been out for the last couple of weeks. You know, Kevin Love's obviously been out. I think they get those two guys back that will obviously help them a lot. I think they'll probably not breeze through the East as easy as they have in the past couple of years, but it'll be pretty close to that. Celtics might make it a series, but I'm not too sure. But I think they'll be fine in the long term. I think they'll reach the finals. But again, I don't like Truman said, I don't think they have enough depth and I don't think they have enough just talent to beat the team and like Kevin the Love will come back. Um Love will come back. They, I mean they'll have to incorporate him into their offense and into their um their new roster, but that'll help because Kevin Love's so talented. But I just don't know if they have enough um and you know the East is gonna be good this year. I don't think it's a walk. I think that I think the uh, the Raptors are better. Um, I think the Pacers are good. The Pacers give the Cavs issues every year. Um, and the Celtics, obviously, um, there's history there that the Celtics could definitely make it a series. 
Um, but I, I just don't think they're going to get through the East as easy as they have in the past. Um, right now, I would still say the Caps win the East, but I don't think it's going to be um, easy by any any means at all. So let's move away from maybe NBA talk and let's get probably to the biggest topic in sports, you know, the past couple of days, and that is March Madness, which is probably the funnest week, couple weeks of sports you'll find anywhere. Is funnest a word? Uh, shut up. As you know, <laughs> we both picked Virginia last week because of, you know, Tony Bennett's awesome defense. They won the ACC. They're a great team. And uh, we both, I mean, we both picked them to win our brackets. Um, I still think I in in my um in my bracket um with uh, all my friends and the multiple brackets that I did, I picked Virginia, but I I'm struggling with it because of the region they're in. Um, I think I think Arizona is uh, probably, in my opinion, the third best team in the country behind Virginia, Villanova, and um, I think then it's Arizona. They're the four seed. Um, DeAndre Ayton is the best player in the country. Um, And Kentucky's there. Kentucky started the year slow, but they're strong again, and they're Kentucky. Um, I think the second-round matchup between what's likely to be um, Kentucky and Arizona is going to be the most deciding um, in the tournament and probably one of the most exciting. Um, and the winner of that would eventually play Virginia. Um, I think I think that would be the game, Virginia versus either Kentucky or Arizona. Um, those would be, that would be the deciding game of who wins the national championship, in my opinion. Um, and then Cincinnati's the two seed. Um, I just think that's a tough region for Virginia to get out of. Right now, I still think they do get out of it, but Arizona's very good and I'm very high on Arizona. Yeah, I think... My surprise team, obviously, we can talk, you know, the big guys, you know, North Carolina, Dukes, stuff like that. But I think the surprise team, a Cinderella team maybe, and most teams people aren't talking about, is Georgia State. You know, obviously, everybody no. knows everybody knows Georgia State. They beat Baylor in 2015. You know, the coach fell off the chair with R.J. Hunter hit the shot. They, they play Cincinnati. Obviously, it's a tough matchup. But Cincinnati, if you go back, they did not have a great AAC uh, game. Their offense was bad. They weren't hitting their shots, and ju- they just looked really off. They didn't look as strong as they have in the past. And, you know, Georgia State doesn't have the firepower that since he has, but I think they could make make it a game. And, you know, they got a great player in Demarcus Simmons. Best probably could be one of the most star players of the tournament. He averages about 20 points right now. He's just a great player, and I think that could be a solid upset that could pull off. I don't think that's going to happen for them again. Um, I don't think. Uh, I don't. Yeah, think but when, I you, like when you don't think it's gonna happen, it happens. I don't. I don't think Cincinnati's gonna lose. And if it does happen, I, I'll, I'll credit to you. But I don't think Cincinnati's gonna lose there. It's two versus fifteen. That's tough. I. That's it's rare. happened. It's happened, but that's rare. Um, my surprise team is the eleven seed Loyola Chicago out of Chicago. Yeah, I have them. I have them as an upset too. I have them beating Miami in the first round, but I have them also. I have Tennessee winning the first round. I have them beating Tennessee and Loyola Chicago getting to the Sweet 16. There's not much um, thinking behind that, really. I just I just feel like that's – I feel like Tennessee's always vouched for upsets. I think you can always um, – Tennessee's a choking school. Um, uh, but I just think Loyola Chicago just seems like that team this year that I just had the gut feeling when I was filling out my bracket that could be a Cinderella team. Yeah, I think another st- – 
um, kind of sleeper team is Alabama. I really like Colin Sexton. He's one of the best players in the game right now. He's going to be a top 10 draft pick. He's amazing. And, you know, they got a great coach, experienced head coach with Avery Johnson. I think they could make a run. But, obviously, you know, anything can happen. It's March Madness. They would have to play Villanova the second round. Yeah. Um, I think Villanova, I think we're kind of underrating Villanova, and I think it's hard to underrate Villanova. They're still... They're still the top team right now, uh, one of the top teams in the country, and I think they um, could definitely get the national championship game. Um, but yes, I like Alabama too. Um, they could definitely be an upset team that goes goes farther. And I think when we we'll go, what do I think the most exciting first round game is going to be? Is the first game, you know, that noon game on Thursday, which you got Oklahoma versus Rhode Island. You know, you got one of the and again one of the best players, going to be a top ten draft pick, a Trey Young. See how he really performs under the spotlight. That is March Madness. And, you know, Oklahoma has been really bad as of late. But they were once a top-five team. You know, Rhode Island was as high as 16. So you got two really good, really talented teams. And you got, obviously, I think the tournament, you know, selection committee set it up that way to make it the first game on Thursday. And you got a Rhode Island's coach, Dan Hurley, is probably going to be leaving Rhode Island after the season. You know, that Connecticut job just opened up after Ollie got fired. I think that's going to be one of the most exciting games. Um, I My most exciting game, um, and this is weird, it's the 9 versus 8 NC State versus Seton Hall, uh, Thursday at 4.30. Uh, I actually have NC State going to the Final Four um, as oh, a 9 dumb. seed. I just, I had a gut feeling, but obviously that first game, that 9 versus 8, is so unpredictable that it would screw my entire bracket if Seton Hall won, um, but that's my upset team. Um, that's my upset team right now, and NC State would have to get through Seton Hall, and then they would play Kansas, and I think NC State could upset Kansas, and NC State would get through that bracket. That is just, that's one of my bold predictions for this uh, March Madness. Yeah, and none of the, probably chances are a lot of people, all of bracketologists' predictions aren't going to be true, because March Madness is just so unpredictable, but it's so fun to watch. You know, it's one of the most exciting moments in sports. We've had some of the most amazing, you know, highlights ever, you know, come out of this tournament, and it's just probably the best time of year college basketball, because all you do for those couple of days that it's on is just sit and watch college basketball and it's one buzzer beater after another one upset after another and you just you know you, you even if you're a casual sports fan you have to love it yeah um i don't think i can't i don't know a person who doesn't love march madness um you sit there i know it in work and in school you, you sneak it on your phone you know the scores some people get taken out of school. you watch it on that app that just lags behind but you don't really care just because you want to see what's going on yeah I, I i think it's most exciting time to be a sports fan is during march madness yeah and it's like one of those things where people that don't watch sports you know what do you like how do you just not watch that it's probably the most exciting thing you ever watch ever and it's crazy so let's move to a little bit of baseball talk. We have a lot of questions, but I think about three out of four of all of our questions are baseball talk. So we're not going to talk much about baseball. And we're just going to you know, mention probably the biggest storyline of baseball this year was Jake Arrieta signing a three-year, $75 million deal to go to the Phillies. Obviously, he's a great pitcher. He had a decent season last year, not as elite as he has in the past. I know Truman was hoping he'd go to the Brewers. That didn't happen. But it really helps the Phillies. You know, It shores up their rotation. 
And it's a great great uh contract for Arietta. Yeah, I mean he's a he had he had one great season, um and then he kind of faltered off into a decent pitcher. I I'm saying this obviously I wanted him to be a brewer, but he didn't. And um, I still think he's a very good pitcher, and I think that's going to help the Phillies a lot um, as a the, as they become an improving team um, in the major league. Yeah. So, and then we're going to talk something we didn't talk about last week, which was golf. And uh, Truman he doesn't really know much about golf. No, I'm not a big I'm golf. Be honest, I don't. I'm not a big golf guy. We're going to have when the Masters are coming up. We you know a lot of our listeners like golf. We're going to have a couple people on to give us a couple, you know, storylines from the Masters. But, I mean, even if you're not a golf fan, this was an exciting weekend in sports. You know, Tiger Woods, is he back? I mean, he's back. That's a question asked almost every other week. But I think today, think over the weekend, you really, that question was really big in everyone's minds. He finished second in the Valspar Championship. And it was just so cool to watch him, you know, strutting around in that red polo and black hat, just watching him hit shot after shot. And it was one of the most viewed tournaments, and it wasn't even a big tournament, you know, the Valspar Championship. You know, he looked really good. The swing looked great. Everyone was tuning in, and he just really showed us, you know, flashes of what he was, you know, early 2000s. And it just really brought me back to, you know, every when you're growing up, everybody knew Tiger Woods was the best golfer. And over the past couple of years, it's been sad to see him fall. But it's great now to see, you know, he's now the favorite to win the next week's tournament, the Arnold Palmer Invitational, which he hasn't been the favorite in a tournament in a long time. And it's just really cool to watch. And uh, we're rooting for you, and we hope he, you know, turns out to be a very good story, great comeback. I will see. Everyone loves a comeback story, but um, not a big fan. I mean, fan. You, can't, you can't not be a fan of Tiger Woods. It's uh yeah, you cannot be a fan Just of Just from Woods. a pure golf standpoint. I um, mean, he's one of the most accomplished golfers of all time. He's a he's a great golfer and it's just fun to watch him play and getting golf's better when he's in it. Yeah, but I don't think I think there's a lot of people who don't like Tiger Woods. I mean, yeah, he was with pure, a lot of controversies. Pure golf fans, everybody loves Tiger Woods. Golf nah, fans love Tiger Woods. Nah, golf's better when he's in it. Listen, I'm not a I'm not a golf fan. I don't know much, but I wouldn't say that everyone's a fan of Tiger Woods. But yes, it it is better to golf is better when Tiger Woods is good. I will say that. Yeah, and it just it makes it more fun, and everybody tunes in when Tiger's you know doing his thing. <clears throat> so let's get to some questions and answers. Um, got a lot of great questions submitted to us by viewers, and you know we ask that you keep bringing in questions each week. But one of the one of the questions we got is, will Aaron Judge produce like last year, or will he have a sophomore slump? Um, you know, he had a lot. He has a lot of holes. You know, he obviously his strikeouts are high. He's always chasing off speed pitches out of the zone, and managers are going to you know start to see that, and they're going to try and exploit that. Could he have a slump? Of course. But I think bringing in somebody like John Carlos Stanton, who has been there before, he had the same type of struggles before, is going to help. You know, I just think he needs if he just closes his stance a little bit, he's going to be great. He's got that power. He's got that huge frame. So I don't think he will. I think Stanton's going to help. I think the managers are going to help him. You know, kind of figure out how to lower his strikeout total. I think he'll be fine. I think he will have a sophomore slump because I think it's pr- it's going to be hard to do what he did 
at the beginning of last season. Well, yeah, but I mean, he's going from and I he's going from one of the best seasons ever. It, I mean, he's probably not going to produce that same number, but I mean, he's going. I think he'll have an All Star year. I think we saw him start to slump in the second half of the second yeah, half he, of last season. Yeah, his strikeouts season. got high. He struck out four times versus the Indians, which was crazy. But I think you know John Carlos Stanton's going to help a lot. Yeah, I I th- I th- I think he's going to be good. I'm not saying he won't be good. I think he's going to be one of the top players in the league, but I think it's going to be impossible for him to do what he did um again. So I think you have to call that a slump in ways. But a slump, well, a if good he goes slump, out, I guess you could say. I mean, he hit you know, over 50 home runs last year. He goes out and he hits, you know, 45. Are you going to call that a slump? I don't think he's going to hit 45. Oh, he hits 35. You call yes. that a slump? I mean, uh, compared to what he compared to what he did, that's slumping. Yeah, but it's a good. I mean, he's still good. He's still one of the top players in the league. But compared to what he did, I think it's he just won't be able to compare to that again. I think you will. I think Stanton, you think he's going to hit fifty home runs again. No, not with Stanton in the lineup. I think teams are going to you know kind of pitch him different. But I think Stanton's going to help because, like I said, Stanton's been there before. He's been where everything everything uh, Judge is going to face Stanton his face. So I think that's going to help. I think he's. I think I don't think he's gonna have a, the same season. Obviously, teams know him now more. They know how to pitch him. But I think I think he'll produce just fine. So another question we got was, uh, what are some of the top starting rotations coming to this year? Uh, how many do you have, Sherman? Uh, for the rotations. Yeah. Um, I think. Um, do you want to just name one? And I'll name one. And we'll go back. And yeah, forth. I think the top starting rotation in the league is gonna be the Houston Astros. Um, you look at what they did last season when Justin Verlander came. Obviously, they're the reigning world champs. Um, I just think you got to look at the stats. They added Garrett Cole, um, Dallas Keuchel. I still think is a good pitcher. Um, and then Lance McCullers rounds out the rotation at five. And I, I, I just think all around you have um, just good pitching all all over the place. I think when you add in the lineup that they have, I just think it's. It just makes them such a deadly team, um, and I just like their rotation. Yeah, I had Houston on my list, too. Um, I had them at number two, actually. I think, you know, obviously Verlander's good. He had a 1.67 ERA with Houston when he got there. Keuchel's good. Garrett Cole could be great if they can unlock that. But I think that bottom order of the rotation, you know, Charlie Morton and Lance McCullers Jr. is a little shaky. They can produce, and they're pretty good, and I think they're great end of the line you know rotations and plus they got brad peacock at the sixth spot if they need it but i think you know verlander keichel cole all have dealt with injuries in the past but if that rotation can stay healthy i think they'll be up there as one and two and maybe in you know three with the other teams i got on here but i think that's a very good rotation and obviously with that lineup that won them the world series so another team, obviously we gotta talk about it. Truman's not gonna like this, but the Indians. I mean, they have. You're putting them at one. No, I'm not. I'm gonna save my number one for a little bit. Okay. The Indians, I think, are right up there in that top three. I think all I have three names on this list. Houston's one of them. Indians are one of them. I think you could switch any of these out. Um, Kluber come off a Cy Young year. Carrasco obviously coming off. You know, he had Cy Young contention year. Trevor Bauer once he started throwing that curveball more really showed that he could be a Cy Young candidate. I fully believe that. And, you know, Clevenger is a great young pitcher. He really started to come into his own. That number five spot is shaky. You know, Tomlin's good. He's not great. And if But if Salazar comes back healthy and he pitches like he had when he had that all-star year, 
this team, this rotation could be the best rotation in all of baseball. But I don't think that uh, Tomlin or Salazar are going to produce like they have in the past. But that top four is just, it's great. And it's it's close to elite level, I'm going to say. What do you, what do you think about that, German? Um, yeah, I mean, the Indians, that's the strength of the team is their rotation. Um, Kluber's one of the best pitchers in the game. They have a lot of depth. Um, but, I, I mean, I would definitely consider them in my top five. Um, but I think it's slightly overrated. Um, how, how so? I don't know. I just, I'm not too sold on... On Carrasco, Bauer, Tomlin, Salazar. Well, Carrasco, I don't think I don't think they're they're top. I I think they're all good pitchers. Um, they have injury Carrasco, history. F- Carrasco finished top three in the Cy Young. But they have year. they have injury history. They all have injury history. You can't deny that. Salazar spent time on the DL. Um, yeah, but I, I I factor that Salazar won't be really part of this rotation. I think he'll be more of a bullpen piece. Really? So who do you Tomlin? So you think it's they're only gonna have four guys? No. Kluber, Carrasco, Bauer, Tomlin, Salazar, Clevenger, 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 Clevenger's inconsistent. He's he had a he had a rough start to his rookie career. He didn't have a rough start. That's that's a bold statement. He had a decent start, but I mean he had a couple of those games towards the end. He was lights out. I think he is an up and coming young pitcher who could be. There's a lot of inconsistency, but it's still a very good rotation. The strength of the of a playoff team that will definitely be back in the playoffs. I think another rotation that you have to look at that's top in the league is the Dodgers. Um, they have the best overall pitcher in the game, undisputed. Yeah. I, I will argue this with anyone. Clayton Kershaw is the best pitcher in the game. Um, the lefty um, rounds out as the top ace in the game for the Dodgers. Um, then Rich Hill and Alex Wood um, at the 2-3. and three. Um Another two lefties for them. Um, I just think their their 2017 stats combined. Um, they have a three one nine ERA, which is impressive. I think that's the best out of any rotation combined from the 2017 stats. Um, I think the injuries for Clinton Kershaw scare me a little bit, um, but I just think it makes him overall makes that rotation so scary because you never want to face him. Um, and I think the Dodgers for me would be the. Um, if not the best, um, second best rotation in in baseball. I I don't even have the Dodgers on, on my top three list because you know obviously they got Kershaw, but I mean you got Kershaw and that's pretty Hill and stuff like that. They're decent pitchers, but I mean look at their combined stats. Yeah, their stats are, but I mean if you're looking at it, I mean name me the four or five guys. I I think it's Kenta Maeda, and then yeah. um, and then. I don't know. This, yeah, some. So, I don't know. Some. Right, we we can't pronounce it. We apologize. Um, maybe Trimmer should do a little bit more research. We apologize, but I don't think their depth is as great. I mean, if you can't even pronounce their fifth pitcher's name, you really don't even know him. And I mean, you could. Pro- it's. I think obviously Kershaw. When you start. You combine you put, their stats. You though, put Kershaw at the top they of average, any rotation. They average nine strikeouts per nine innings. So nine nine strikeouts a game. Yeah. The, you put Kershaw at the top of any rotation, it's going to be top 5, top 10. But I just don't think they have the same amount of depth as the Indians or the Astros or my number one team, which is the uh, Washington Nationals. They got Scherzer, Strasburg, Gio Gonzalez, 
All three of them last year were Cy Young candidates. Gio Gonzalez had a fantastic year. Scherzer's right up there with Kershaw. I think Kershaw's obviously better, but Scherzer's right up there. Strasburg, when healthy, that's one of the biggest problems of his career, is one of the top pitchers in the game as well. Their back of the rotation isn't great with Rourke and Cole. They're shaky, but, I mean, if they can perform like they can or they just be serviceable, this rotation is the best. You know, that top three is better than I think of anybody in the league. And it's just, if Gio Gonzalez does what he did last year, Strasburg does what we know he can do, and Scherzer just keeps doing what he does, this is the one of the best rotations in baseball. I can agree with that. I think they. I think Scherzer is next to uh, Kershaw's if, best. If Kershaw's one, Scherzer's two, Kluber's three. Yeah, that's a, yeah. I can see it. I don't like admitting Kluber's anywhere, but yeah. Well, you can't deny his, his production. Another question we had, baseball related, is uh, what are some of the top MLB prospects that could get called up and make an impact this year? Um, I think I'll start. Um, Truman's pulling up some of his stuff he wrote. Uh, I think in the AL, you got Willie Calhoun from the Rangers. He's had three years in the minors, and he's hit 71 home runs combined, a three forty six average. His defense was poor. That's why they moved him from infield to outfield. I think you know Texas doesn't have the best outfield right now. I think moving him to left field will be starting opening day, will make all the difference. You get that power in that lineup, and I just think he's one of the best prospects, young prospects, He's top of all the prospects lists, and I think he's going to make it this year. There's talks about him, you know, spring training. He's had a decent spring training, not great, not what they expected, but the power, you can't deny that, 71 home runs in three years. Um, I think my top prospect uh, would probably be Vladimir Guerrero of the Blue Jays. Yeah, um, but he's only 18. He's 18 years old, and he's getting the highest praise. Yeah, I don't... He's bat- He batted three twenty three last year, um, and... He's only played one professional season. Um, there's still a lot that needs to be seen of him, but I think he's the future for the Blue Jays at third base. I think Donaldson's going to command too much next year. Well, yeah, but the question was this year making an impact this year, and I don't think I think Guerrero's. he will. I think I think they will. I think they'll give him a chance to come up. You're going to ride with that statement. He's yeah. going to come up this year. Yep. I don't think they're going to call up an 18-year-old third baseman with an all-star like Josh Donaldson. But well, they got to see what they have invested in him. I mean, do Donaldson's they want do they want to risk do they want to risk giving Donaldson Donaldson's every cent of money in a, the world? Uh, well, Donaldson is under control for this year. Yeah, and he's going to be a free agent after this year. So why wouldn't they play him at third base this year? So do, do you want to see if you have someone who that's can why, take over? That's why this is my next point. Donaldson is pro, is a trade deadline candidate. Uh, they could obviously move on from him because they don't. They don't. They could get some value out of him if he produces. Like yeah, he had a bad year last year though. But I could see Guerrero coming up. He was on my list, but I just don't think he's gonna make a solid impact this year to where he could be in contention for a rookie of the year. I don't think he'll be up here that long. I don't think he'll be ready in time to really make a solid impact. But he is a good player, and he's only 18 years old. So I don't really think he's gonna see the majors this year. But he could. He could surprise us, and he could do that. I think, do you want to see what you have in Donaldson? Do you want to see if he's going to be the star he was? Um, you're, obviously, he's your starting uh, third baseman. I think he's one of the best players in the league. But why not? Why wouldn't you call him up to see if you have um, someone under him who's going to be just as much as a star? Well, I think 
probably the most obvious name on this list is uh you know Ronald Acuna from the Braves. He's twenty years old. He's right now in uh spring training. He's batting a league high four thirty three, which is insane. Um, and the outfield with the Braves isn't great. They don't have a lot of talent, but I think he's he's easily going to be in the be in the majors this year. They have to leave him in the minors till April thirteenth, kind of a Chris Bryant situation. Because if they do, they'll have an extra season of control. So, but I think he's a talent. I mean, he's at the top of every single prospects list. He's going to be up here next this year. He's going to make a pretty sizable contrib- contribution to the Braves and that lineup. And I think he's going to be one of the best players in the game for years to come. And then another one I had was a uh, Franklin Beer. Barreto from the A's. He's a second baseman. I I'm sorry about the pronunciation on the last name. He's been compared to like an Altuve. He's batting you know three oh eight. He's had two triples, one off of Corey Kluber, which is extremely impressive. And he's he's another one that you know the A's don't have a lot of talent. So I think he's he might come up this year. Um, I should have done a little more research. I don't know who's at you know shortstop second base for the A's right now. But I think the A's are going through some rebuilding. Yeah, I think bringing him up, inserting some young talent into that lineup will help, and I think Franklin's you know a great option with that. So our last question that we got was, uh, who me and Truman, who's our favorite, or you know we can even throw a couple out here, NFL players that are not currently on the Packers, and I'll let Truman start with that one. Um, so not on the Packers, that's tough. Um, I would say. And this may continue the word of me being biased. Um, J.J. Watt. Uh, obviously, he's a Badger. Um, Wisconsin, born and raised. Um, now he plays on the Texans, obviously. He's so dominant. Um, he's been riddled with injuries, but he's continuing to be one of the most dominant players in the league. Um, what he did um, for Houston, what he's done for Houston, just makes him such an amazing guy. Um He's he's just an he's just an awesome player. If there was one day any possibility he could ever be a Green Bay Packer, that would be my dream. I'm pretty sure I've had dreams like that. Uh, making JJ Watt um, is just a Packer would be the greatest thing ever. But obviously he's not. He's Texan. And if I had to give him give one player not on the Packers, um, I would say it would be JJ Watt. Yeah, I think we're gonna stick against that little bit of bias, you know, with the colleges that we like. I mean, I like almost every single Ohio State player in the NFL today. I think the top of the list is, you know, Joey Bosa, but I think over the over, you know, everything and Truman's probably get a little backlash from this is Ezekiel Elliott. He's Yeah, just, the one who beats his girlfriend and no, all. no proof. Yeah, suspended. I obviously he's had a couple of It's off Ohio the field. State. It's the Ohio State um fan way. They like they like players with off the field issues. They like that. They think, yeah, it's, they think it's awesome. Is really the only one. Truman likes to say that, even though he's the only one and he has no evidence. They're all, all in that. jail. Really, obviously he had some. I just like the way he runs. Just the just the confidence that he runs with. You know, feed him the ball, feed Zeke. Uh, you know, Dallas isn't one of our favorite teams out there, but and I was kind of mad that he went there. But he's just he's one of the best, if not the best, running back in the NFL. And he's only been there for two years. He 
He had a great season last year, even though he is, you know, being suspended a couple games. And he's just, you know, far one of my favorite players in the NFL, not on the Packers. But Joey Bosa's right up there. Mark is, um, Marshawn Lattimore is up there too, you know. Um, yeah, you want to talk about good running backs, you want to think about the Badgers. Uh, you want to think another player I love that just continues my bias, um, you know, Melvin Gordon's really good. But you look at the Super Bowl, Patriots had James White. Eagles had Corey Clement, um, two running backs two from back, two backup running backs from the Badgers makes that running back university. Um, but I, I'm gonna skid away from the bias. A player I love, and people are gonna think this is weird, um, but I've always I've always loved him. I love Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's a backup quarterback in the Buccaneers. Harvard, Harvard graduate. Love the beard. Um, I, just, I I don't know. I just love Ryan Fitzpatrick. I I thought I always thought he's been a good good quarterback. But I, th- I know that's kind of weird. Um, another player I love, I love Julio Jones. I think he's one of the best receivers in the league. I love his physicality and the way he plays. I don't love how he kills the Packers. But those are just some another few players that come to mind when I think of my favorite player outside of Green Bay. Yeah, a couple other players, you know, for me, not tops, but they're up there. You know, I love DeAndre Hopkins. I think he's one of the best, most underrated receivers in the game today. I also love Blake Bortles. I think he's very underrated as well. I think people... Don't give him a lot of the credit for what Jaguars did this season. I think they put a lot of that on the defense. But I, I really like him, and I think he is one of the best in the game today. So that rounds up pretty much our show. We'd like to, again, thank our sponsor for sponsor, D's Home Cuts. Um, we would really like to thank you guys. Last week's show, we had about 66 listeners, I think it's at right now, which is crazy, way above what we thought we had. And we were really we were coping for 15, 20 people at the most. 66 listeners is a lot, and we are very proud of that. Um, so if you feel like it, go on go on iTunes and give us a five star rating. You know, review our show, subscribe. We are now a five star rated podcast on iTunes, which again we are very proud of that. We like to thank all you guys for that. Follow us on Twitter at TNT Sports Talk Twelve. And if we're we are looking for guests right now. We're thinking about having you know a Tuesday you know guest on each Tuesday. We've had a couple people come at us saying they want to be guests, and we are just you know if you would like to be a guest, go ahead and DM us. We are going to start getting some guests on once we have a few more episodes done, and once we you know kind of figure out the tech technology behind that. But uh, I think that's one of the things we want to do in the future, and we want to you know interview athletes if we can. You know that's that's big down the line though. But, you know, right now we just want people to come on and tell us, you know, favorite sports memory, favorite team, stuff like that. Talk a little bit of the headlines throughout the day. And that's uh, pretty much it. We wanted you guys to have a great day and want you to tune in next Thursday. Thank you, guys. Go Packers.